Hello, and welcome to Steph TV. I'm your host, Nick Huzar. I'm also the co-founder of OfferUp. And after watching billions of dollars in secondhand goods exchange hands, I started asking a lot about how my own existence impacts the planet and decided to go on kind of this personal journey by asking really interesting thought leaders um, about their companies and uh, the interesting things that they're doing to help enlighten us on, on ways that uh, we can impact the world in which we live. And so today I'm really excited to have Teague Egan. Is I pronounced that correctly? Egan. <laughs> Egan. Okay, Teague Egan. Uh, and a really in interesting company called Energy X, who focuses on a really important component of, of EV technology specific to lithium. And so with that, uh, Teague, I'll hand it over to you to tell us just a little bit more about, you know, your background and like, why did you get into this uh, this business in the first place? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Um, so Energy X is a lithium extraction and refinery company. And it turns out that lithium uh, has become the biggest bottleneck to the electric vehicle transition. Um, obviously, Tesla is leading the way with electric vehicles. I think they produced something like 400,000 uh, this first quarter of 2023. And every other uh, major auto manufacturer, GM, Ford, Volkswagen, Mercedes, are all trying to now electrify their fleets. But in order to make electric vehicles, you need really big batteries. Um, it takes about 10,000 iPhone batteries to make one electric vehicle battery. And the most important material in lithium ion batteries is lithium. So we focus at EnergyX on more efficient and cost-effective ways to produce lithium. And uh, you know that's, that's what we're working on on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think when we caught up before, you were talking about this mind that you have to, to start, right? Maybe, maybe can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, we're working with several customers uh, that own the lithium resources. So EnergyX doesn't actually own lithium resources. We have developed next generation technology to better extract lithium uh, from the ground. So lithium is found in, it's a salt that's dissolved into water. It's called brine. And uh, today, the way that uh, the lithium is separated or extracted from that uh, saltwater brine is through massive evaporation ponds. So you'll drill a well, the well will bring up the brine, and then they'll put the brine into uh, these ponds that are hundreds and hundreds of football fields big, uh, literally, you know, up to 10 or 15 square miles, uh, which is bigger than all of Manhattan. <laughs> and uh, it takes about 18 months for the brine to go through the pond sequence. It goes from one pond to the next pond to the next pond. And the sun evaporates the, the water, the H2O out, and the salts that are um, dissolved will crash out or precipitate out. Um, and lithium is one of those salts. So that's the way that it's currently done. Uh, at EnergyX, we thought that there was a better way to extract the lithium. Um, instead of taking 18 months to go through this, this pond sequence, uh, it takes us you know, a matter of hours to hmm. extract it using technology. Um, in the ponds, they only recover about 30 to 40% of the initial lithium that's pumped up in the brine from the ground. To me, that's a really low recovery rate. They're basically leaving 60 to 70% of the lithium uh, on the table. Uh, we recover up to 90% 
uh, in our extraction methods. And then there's a whole host of environmental concerns uh, that, that we address, such as you know, 10 to 15 square miles of ponds. You can't just put that anywhere. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes a lot of potential lithium resources unviable. Um, so ultimately what all that means is a, is a more sustainable, more efficient and more cost-effective way to uh, produce lithium, which is the key most important ingredient in rechargeable batteries for electric vehicles. Yeah, and and you might know the stat better than I do, but I think I was reading online that lithium requires about 500,000 gallons of water to produce this, uh, to sing, a single ton of lithium. So it seems like <laughs> yeah. just, it's like, whoa. So, so like clearly you can't, that's not sustainable, right? Like if, if you think about where we're going, like, like you just, it's just, it's like a, a disaster in terms of how you deal with that. So I'm assuming with, with energy X, you're able to do that in, uh, using far less water. Yeah. There, so there's, there's a few different metrics on how you can look at that water statistic. Uh, one way to look at it is when they pump the brine out from, from underground uh, and put it into these ponds, the water is just be, is just getting evaporated. Yeah. Uh, so that's really uh, diminishing the, the the water, the underground waterbed that is used for you know agriculture in the surrounding indigenous communities. Um, with us, you know, we pump up the the brine, we extract the lithium, and then we pump uh, the 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 water back down so it doesn't disturb the the water table to you know, this, this huge magnitude that currently happens today. Yeah. Wow. So that, so that's just one aspect though, I think of what you do, right. Is just extraction. And it seems like that in alone could be a really interesting business, but I know there's more to, to what you do and, and where you want to go. So what are, what are some of the other things that you're focused on? Yeah. I mean, so to us, extraction is, is one part of it. Like I, I kind of simplified it in my in, initial explanation uh but once you extract the lithium from um the the brine it's not in battery ready format there's still a few refinery steps that need to happen uh and and so while some of our competitors uh that are in the what our space is called is direct lithium extraction or dle they may focus on just that one piece uh that's not everything that you need to create an end-to-end solution. So that'll leave a customer kind of either with an unfinished product or looking to other people to find uh, a solution for the other pieces. So not only do, do we do the extraction, but we do the, the refinery and conversion to battery-grade uh, ready lithium. Um, so that's kind of how we think about it. We also... Uh, you know, through some of this research and development, have figured out synergies uh, to next generation batteries um, using lithium metal, which is one type of uh, lithium. So lithium can come in a few different formats. Um, but yeah, we're, we're focused on new battery chemistries to make uh, higher energy dense batteries, which um, in layman's terms translates to longer lasting batteries that can uh, either give you more range uh, yeah. in, a, in a car or longer lasting batteries in, in uh, consumer applications like cell phones or computers, things like mm-hmm. that. Man, I love it in my cell phone. Like it just, 
I'm always getting near the end, especially when I travel at the end of the day, I'm always just ready to die. Right. And so I end up getting one of these big, uh, this thing I'll charge my iPhone for a week. Nice. You know, seven days straight, but it's bulky. What, what is that? Uh, uh, this is called, this thing is really cool. It's called the, the Shar Geek. So like, here's what Shar it is. Geek. And it's, we got that on offer up? No, no. Cause they're too, like too new, but yeah. they're, they're really cool. If you want to geek out, you can kind of see, like it tells you how many, how much yeah. it's drawing and all that. You can plug laptops into it. Um, but man, longer lasting battery life is, is big. And then also, you know, I think with EVs, the number one pe- reason that people don't buy EVs or the number one issue people have with them is range, range anxiety. Like they're always worried they're going to run out of power. Yeah. So that's an interesting problem to solve. Now, when you're helping to work with extraction and now you're running it through this refinery process, does it happen there on site or does everything get, yeah, I was wondering how you, you, you deal with that. Yeah, we want we want to do as much on site as possible because so d- diving a little bit into the numbers here, uh, when you think about uh, a lithium brine, um, again, brine is just a fancy word word for really salty water. Uh, most people think of salt water as ocean water, right? Um, ocean water has about three and a half percent salinity. So, like, if you take uh, one liter of, of water and it's divided into a million parts. Um, three and a half percent of that will be the salt that's dissolved in the water. And then 60 or 96.5% is just H2O, right? Mm-hmm. The brines that we deal with, uh, have up to 30% salt wow. that's dissolved in the water. Um, so on a parts per million basis, that's 300,000 parts per million is salt. And then uh, 700,000 parts per million is H2O, mm-hmm. right? Of that 300,000, um, a very, very small uh, amount is lithium. So we're talking about the absolute best brines in the world have 1,500 parts per million. Wow. So overall, that's 0.15% lithium. Uh, we look at brines anywhere down to in the really like 200 parts per million range uh, is still an economical brine. So, but 200 parts per million is literally 0.02%. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, that's still out of 300,000. There's all these other salts that are dissolved. Most people think of salt as table salt, which is sodium chloride, Uh, but lithium comes in the salt form, magnesium, potassium, sulfate, boron, chloride, calcium, they're all dissolved in this water. And the idea is how do you extract just the lithium uh, away from the rest of of the salts? So um, go ahead. I was going to say, and then when you think about these different lithium mines, I'm imagining that the percentage is totally variable depending on where you are, right? Yeah, every brine is different. So uh, the the starting concentration of lithium, like I gave an example of 200 parts per million or 1500 parts per million, but then all the other salts and the ratio, like those are considered impurities to us, right? We wanted to get just the lithium and then we can make a battery grade lithium material. 
we want to get it away from all of those. And it's, it varies from Solar to Solar, mine to mine. Um, so, you know, a lot of people don't really think about our industry, like what yeah. they just think. You know, I, I owned a Tesla for five years before I actually thought about what goes into my battery. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the reason that I started the company. Mm-hmm, because, you know, I was actually down in South America at the world's largest salt flat, which also happens to be the world's largest lithium resource. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm, I'm taking this tour. Like I literally am just on a tour, uh, backpacking through Bolivia. And my tour guide starts telling me about how this is the world's largest lithium reserve. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, I have never thought about where my battery or how my battery is made in my car that I've been driving for five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is like the underbelly of uh, global manufacturing, you know, how, how we get these base or raw materials that go into things like batteries for electric vehicles and for lithium. Um, you know, there's very, very few other applications um, other than batteries for lithium. Like, you know, there's some fringe pharmaceuticals, uh, like yeah. lithium carbonate is used for bipolar disorder medication. Uh, lithium is used in some glass applications, but batteries are, are it. And, you know, you may think like, oh, cell phones, computers, like that's a big use case, but that is just a fraction compared to electric vehicles. So like I said, it takes roughly 10,000 iPhone batteries. And the other thing that's fascinating is today we're at about in the US 4% EV penetration, but we expect it to by 2050 to be at 70. Right. So imagine that. So you just take your 10,000, you said? Yeah. Okay. So just run those numbers. Like, how do you keep like you're solving a really interesting problem and is that when when you were there i always like the founding stories right like when i started off rough i had a room full of stuff and a daughter on the way stand there in the doorway and like kill me it's going to take me forever right and i had no plans of starting this company and then i just couldn't get out of my head and like i gotta go do it so yeah. it's really interesting to hear how you were there observing this and then where did you go from there were you like uh did you start doing a lot more research or like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, started do, I started doing research and uh you know that that really opened my eyes to the current process that that um lithium is produced in today um and that that was the opportunity right because all the other battery materials like copper or nickel cobalt to a much smaller extent, but that's a very, very small percentage of the battery. All the other battery materials have other large applications. Like there's already 20 million tons of copper produced per every year. Like it's used in all electrical wire. Everywhere. everywhere. Same thing with nickel, but for lithium, it's not used for anything else Mm. other than battery. So all of a sudden you had this huge demand spike uh, for lithium and the way that it's produced today was was not only created like hundreds of years ago, like evaporation ponds, like maybe thousands of years ago, yeah. but it the the total global uh, production um, was created to maybe produce a hundred thousand tons, and all of a sudden we need multiple millions of tons. 
Mm-hmm. So scaling something like that uh, takes a whole new way to do it. You yeah. can't scale the existing method. It, it'll it'll never translate, right? Yeah. So that's that's why you know what what EnergyX is working on this new way of direct lithium extraction is is the main bottleneck to the entire electric vehicle revolution. Yeah, yeah I think a lot, you know, in the you know, especially in the next 20, 30 years, we have to reinvent a lot of things, especially infrastructure for electric, but also just energy period. Uh there's just a lot of things you just, you know, by the way, we're pouring the same concrete mixture we did since the 1700s it hasn't changed. It seems like you could, right? So I think it's just I think a lot of things are up for grabs and in question, but especially around EVs, just given where it's going, like there's no way we can just do things the same way. Just it's just not going to work. So, you know, when you think about, you know, we talked about extraction, refinement, and I think you kind of had a third leg, which is around battery innovation, right? Maybe talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So like you said, you know, range anxiety is the biggest, uh, one of the biggest reasons that people don't want to buy an electric vehicle. Now, uh, that really only comes into into play in in certain scenarios. Like, typically, a person will drive to work and drive home, um, and maybe drive, you know, max fifty to one hundred miles per day, and then you charge your charge your car at night, and you know, there there is no problem with that, right? Yeah. Um, but there, there obviously are circumstances, you, 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 like you obviously never want to run out of battery in the middle of nowhere, right? Especially going on vacation or something. Yeah, going on vacation. So Tesla has designed a, a pretty robust charging network. Um, but as more and more electric vehicles come online, you know, there's larger and larger lines. So having uh, batteries that have higher energy density equating to longer range um, for a car is a really important thing. And as batteries become better, um, they uh, are not only meant for cars, but long, long range trucking, like that's a huge carbon emitter. Oh yeah. Um, And then you could even look at other industries like airplanes and things like that, like transitioning to a completely renewable energy future is going to take better batteries. And it's almost like computers, you know, today you could think about how silly it would be to use a computer of 20 years ago mm-hmm. um, with, with like how much memory and, and RAM uh, and processing power um, a computer had. But, but in the moment you think it's good, right? Sure. Like so, 8-bit Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So today, you know, my, my Tesla gets 280 miles per charge and like that's good that's good um and it's good for what i use today but there's so much more possibility with creating better batteries uh that can not only be used for mobile solutions but also uh stationary solutions like powering houses or businesses or you know buildings and things like that powering the grid um so energy x doesn't have plans to become a battery manufacturer but we are working on building a better battery chemistry that will then partner with a mass manufacturer to make this thing that, you know, can, can charge a car for a thousand miles or, you know, maybe yeah. a phone for three days. Yeah. It's really to your point, 
everywhere I look, there's e, everyone's retrofitting or doing EV. You know, there's a there's a company here in Seattle that's retrofitting boats, which is pretty dang cool, right? It's it's quieter, it's got more power to it, like so cool. Because boats are yeah. so noisy, and like I, I I wake surf in the summer and I get out there just in, inhaling exhaust, and like this isn't fun, <laughs> right? So that's cool. Uh, I know they're doing it with planes. I think that the only challenge with the planes is going to be just they're heavy, right? Batteries are heavy, but everywhere you look, like they got the EV motorcycles now. I've seen a you know go snowboarding up here all the time, and they have a I, I've seen um, snowmobiles now, or like a few of these. And so it's just kind of cool to see how people are doing. I have, a, I have a one wheel. I don't know if you played with those much. You know, it's got the big go-kart tire and it's basically just an EV yeah, pack. Yeah. It's such a, just, just the innovation. Like it's one of the coolest toys, by the way, I've ever had. Um, and I think a lot of that's like you're saying, is like, just, I hope that it doesn't run out of battery while you're, while you're riding it. Oh, I've had that. So I live kind of on a mountain once and I, I was turning in this corner and it just died on me and i literally went airborne into the bushes and and the the one wheel tumbled down into this hill uh and i didn't know where it was it was getting dark and i had to bushwhack with some sticks and luckily the light was still on did you not get injured i I, yeah my leg my my elbow and my legs were all bloody okay (laughs) so i had to bushwhack through like some sticker bushes with two sticks and the one wheels are a machine. I had a lot of respect yeah. for it. I just knocked all the mud off and I wrote it and I ended up riding it home. But I had one of the V1s. I got it on Kickstarter. So right. sometimes it just decides to turn off when you're riding. And when you're going 20 miles an hour, that's that's not a good thing. I think they've solved that problem, but yeah. V1, V1s definitely. Yeah. I know. That's why I like, I like the uh, E-foils, right? Yep. But those are still new too. A lot of them have, uh, they're pretty new. And my learning lesson from having the V1 of uh, anything is like, you're going to have a lot of issues with it. Right. So like the new, so I'm kind of waiting on one of those, but I think the new, uh, the new one wheels are pretty dang cool. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, maybe, maybe talking a little bit more about the future, like what are like your plans over the next 10 years? Like what gets you excited? Where do you want to take your company and let's dig into that? Yeah. So for me right now, it's all about scaling our, our lithium extraction and refinery technology. Um, as well as well as our battery initiative, uh, we piloted um, our DLE technology last year. So we had an infield pilot in South America, and that was really an MVP, a minimum viable product. That uh, you know, when you're doing any sort of manufacturing, uh, it's very different than say a software business like a an app or something like that. Uh, we're we're actually like working with chemicals every day. Uh, we're working with large machinery and taking something out of the lab setting uh, that that we you know do experiments in and test tubes and and stuff like that and put something into the field um, that is in harsh operating conditions and running that twenty four seven for a long duration. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that, that's a huge milestone for any any startup company. And that's the milestone that we crossed last year. So I founded Energy X in, in 2018. And then all of 2019, 2020, and 2021, we were in the lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three years um, developing these technologies. And then in 2022, we put our first pilot in the field, ran that for five months, um, 24-7. Um, and uh, this year... We're focused on scaling that. So 
taking something that could produce like three tons of lithium per year up to uh, like a hundred tons. Uh, so moving from a, a pilot to a demonstration scale uh, plant. And that's really the last proof that the last proof of concept stage before a full commercial plant that can produce 10, 20, 50,000 tons of lithium per year. Um, so as we look into the future, uh, 2024, 2025, 2026, hopefully we'll be building these large commercial plants that are producing tens of thousands of tons of lithium um, and then selling that to uh, cell manufacturers uh, that make the batteries or the, the auto manufacturers themselves. Um, and then on the battery side, we, we do the same thing in terms of scaling. So we started with uh, small coin cells. Um, you know, they, they still sell small coin cells for some applications in like Walgreens and stuff. <laughs> but uh, that's how you start screening materials um, that are inside the batteries. So we use um, our own proprietary formulation uh, and chemistries of, of different quantities of lithium mixed with different materials. Uh, inside the coin cell. And then once we have a coin cell that is cycled uh, hundreds of times, we, you know, we put it on what's called a cycler and it charges it and discharges it, charges it and discharges it um, every three hours. So one charge will be three hours and then it discharges three hours. That's called a C rate. What are you trying to figure out in that process? How many times it can cycle? Because if it dies after 30 cycles, yeah, that's not no a good chemistry. Yeah, you, need, yeah, yeah. you need a battery to cycle like at least, you know, several hundred times in a coin cell. Okay. Um, and then you start building bigger cells, uh, either pouch cells, which is like something that goes in your iPhone or cylindrical cells that looks like, you know, a double A battery, but, but bigger, maybe something like this. So this Got is, like, uh, this is a 20, this is called a 2170. And then larger ones are called uh, I've got, got a bunch of them in here. See, nice. It's like full, full of them. Yeah, that's probably that probably doesn't have these uh, cylindrical cells though. No, one of them looks like it just looks like a big long bed. It kind of looks like the first one you pulled out. But is it round? Yeah, it's round. Okay. So. Once you get past a coin cell, then you move up to a pouch cell or a cylindrical cell. And we're, we do pouch cells, so we'll do a single layer pouch cell. Um, and then you start getting into multiple layer and, and longer pouch cells. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're going through those iterations and that scaling on the battery side. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some very exciting results in both initiatives um for energy x well that's i mean that's awesome i i always think the hardest when i reflect back even on on, on offer up in the early years getting a product to market you know okay that's hard enough and anyone that does that you know kudos then it's about how do you scale and then that's a whole another problem i think it was the hardest problem to figure out and you know we stayed in seattle for one year at least before we went anywhere else but once you figure that out like you're doing then you can kind of, okay, now I'm going to rapidly scale. And that comes with a whole new set of issues and challenges right. that I'm sure you'll, you'll face. And so it's like uh, when, you know, when Elon Musk was, I don't know if he's still sleeping in the office maybe, but, you know, when he started mass producing Teslas, right? Okay, everyone likes Tesla, but now we can't keep up with the demand. And yeah. so he had to rethink 
car manufacturing. And everyone's, you know, remember all the big automotive guys poo-pooing, oh, it's not like he's not going to figure this out. Well, he did because he's, he's, you know, he's Elon and he's in the office obsessing over every single process there. And uh, it's awesome that he figured that out, right? He figured out, okay, how do I produce EVs at scale in a profitable way? And now I feel like he just looks at everyone in the rearview mirror. It's like, oh yeah, sure. Everyone else, everyone else is building EVs too, but he is so far ahead in terms of innovating, not only on what it, what, how you think about an electric vehicle, but also I think he re, he's rethinking a lot of the processes that it takes to make cars. Yeah. So he's focused on the machine that makes the machine. Yes. Yeah. So it's really fascinating. I'm super excited. I remember in my twenties, I always thought like the Carnegie of our time was going to be somebody that rethought energy. Uh, I didn't think it was going to, you know, Elon was going to be a part of that at all, but uh, I still very bullish on that. And like, uh, it's just so cool. Like this time that we're in to see kind of all this evolution and things that are changing, you know, just like anything else. I just want it to all happen faster. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, cool. I'm trying to think of anything else to dig into. This is a really fascinating topic. Uh, I could geek out on, you know, electric stuff all day long. Uh, anything else kind of we're, we're talking about? I know we talked about the history, kind of why you got in this and, and what you're excited about. Um, no, I mean, I think that, you know, for, for all the viewers, I just think that it's it's worth you know, if, if you're not already interested in lithium based off what we said, uh, you know, it's definitely worth taking a deeper look into. Um, for I can just speak for myself, you know, I used to only think about the consumer level. And then when I started learning about how these things are actually made, going down into the manufacturing process, it just opened up a whole new world. And like, these are some of the, these are some companies that, you know, are huge, huge, Ten hundred billion dollar companies that like you've just never even heard of, right? Like, yeah, you know, we know about um, like LG or Samsung or Panasonic because they also have consumer facing brands, right? Like a TV, like you go buy an LG or a Samsung TV, right? But the biggest battery company in the world uh, is called CATL, this Chinese company um, that you know probably not many people have heard of, right? Or one of the biggest battery component manufacturers that makes the cathode is uh, a company called Posco in Korea. And like, no, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a company that does 60 billion in revenue a year um, through, through cathode, but also steel manufacturing. And like the majority of people have just never heard of Posco before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a super it's a super cool place to be right now and you know energy x is kind of uh on, on both sides like our our technology isn't consumer facing like we're not a b2c company but you know we uh we we, we want to educate the, the the public about this stuff so that you know the conversation expands and and ultimately it can positively push forward the energy transition um and, and reduce carbon emissions to to stop climate change yeah. Well, I think it's awesome what you're doing. And thanks for talking about such a, like you said, when you, when you started this company, such an important component that we all take for granted, right? Something that powers all of our batteries. And we don't even think about like, oh, what the hell does that actually do? Uh, it reminded me of one last thing. Uh, when I was a kid, I actually built a battery. You can do this, yeah. right? You can do this in little kits and you can add a little salt in there and you can watch it start to happen. And uh, 
it's kind of fun. So for anyone that happens to be watching this, like maybe something to do with your kids to think about, uh, to talk about just batteries in general, but really appreciate you for being here. And I think it's such an awesome company and I'm excited to just kind of follow your journey over time. So thanks for giving me a, a little bit of time. Cool. Appreciate it, Nick. Thanks for having me on.